Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags. Today, we have a powerful episode, and as always, somewhere in an undisclosed location, trapped in their basement, DJ Micah Rez. Hey, Dags, what's happening? What's going on? Nothing. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sitting in my creaky chair today in my uh, abode. So that's that's cool. We won't, nobody will hear my creaky chair, but if you want to hear a creaky chair, go see our latest YouTube video. Yes, tell us about the latest YouTube video. The latest YouTube video on the most powerful YouTube channel ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get my review of the Atari Flashback X or Flashback 10. Not really quite sure what they're going for. I'm, I'm assuming they're going for X on this one, Dags, because... All the other ones actually had the numeral in the title. So we're going to call it the X because that's a badass name. Uh, but yeah, if we want to go check that out, there's some cool gameplay in there. Some sweet, sweet music in the background. It's uh, quite, quite humorous, I must say. Yes, we're going to need you guys to subscribe to the most powerful YouTube channel ever created, the Amish Baby Machine YouTube channel, starring me and Micah Rez. Now, I want to know a little bit about that machine. That's the 10th version of it, or what? Yeah, it's the 10th version. Each one, I think the first one didn't have quite as many games. So the one I have has 110 games on it. And I don't think the first one had that many games. And then there's different different games that they put on each one. I hit, The one I've got has got Space Invaders, Missile Command, Frogger is on it. Pitfall is on there. Jungle Hunt is on it. There's some uh, Millipede. Remember Millipede? That was like the knockoff version of Centipede. Well, it was it the knockoff or the sequel? Well, I always thought it was the knockoff, but that one's a lot easier to play than Centipede. Centipede's on there too, and I that one I was getting destroyed on. Uh, that one wasn't as much fun. Uh, but they have both versions of Asteroids on there, the arcade and the original Atari. So you got the colored one, which is the Atari version, and then the arcade version, which is that kind of weird neon white light on on screen yeah there was a comment on our powerful youtube channel about about that actual question oh original asteroids was black and white and then they had asteroids yep. deluxe yeah that's the, the cool that's the one that i actually have gameplay footage of on that uh that video i was going to tell you psychically and telepathically that on on the video you were trying to destroy the last little bit of asteroid <laughs> yeah but what you want to do to get a ultimate high score is you leave just one slow one going, a tiny one, and then just keep shooting the UFO spaceship. Oh, that's a good hack. Yeah, that's you just keep going. You keep you let a slow one go so it's not going to slam into you, and then just keep flying around <laughs> and keep keep nailing the spaceship, and then you're going to rack up your high score. Yeah, that one. Uh, you get 
cruising on that one, you can lose control of your little ship pretty easy on that. So your uh, the the air brakes in space don't work very well. No, they don't. It's just like the hyperspace. You know, you might and uh, defender <laughs> end up somewhere you don't want to end up. And where right, did you get yeah. the sweet uh, background music for that video? That was just in one of the. Uh, it was in uh, the app I used to edit. So are you saying uh, we're gonna we're not gonna get a copyright strike on that? Heck no! It's uh, <laughs> Splice uses a uh, you know they have provides you with background music if you pay the whatever it is the two ninety nine subscription or whatever it is, and that was actually in the kids category of music. And I don't know why I decided to look in the kids category, but they have a video game uh, song in there. So I hit it and it was like, oh, that's perfect because it sounds like Space Invaders in the background or something. So powerful video. We're going to need, need you guys to check that out. Also, I may be working on a new video too soon. Ooh. We're going to try to get the, the videos out weekly in a perfect yeah. world. In a perfect world. Are we yeah. living in one yet? Oh my God! What is the deal? When is this going to be over? Are you taking the vaccine when you when we get a chance? I, will. I am. You are. You're going to do it right away. Yeah, but actually, I just was reading a story today too, Dags, that uh, it the CDC hasn't decided if uh, who's going to get it first between the elderly and essential workers. So if the essential workers get it, I'm not sure how work is going to make it mandatory or not. But uh, it, that's something I am going to. I think I'm going to do just because. I want this over as fast as possible. And if the doctors say it's safe, then that's good enough for me. Yes, don't question the authorities, Mike Rez. Just do what you're told. <laughs> I, right. I still what think do they we, call a sheep? Yes. I, I still think we just need a big asteroid. Just just uh, slam in and start over. Ooh. Powerful. I, I, know of a, I know of a game we can simulate that on. What's that? Missile Command or which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any of them. Yeah, Missile Command <laughs> was cool. Missile ball. Command had the sweet trackball, though. Yeah, that's uh, you you should use the paddle on that. Uh, yeah, the joystick they, is not a great choice. Yeah, they had like uh, some had the spin paddle like Arknoid, Missile Command, and um, Centipede, and those had the trackball. Yeah, sweet video. And speaking of video, we did have our powerful movie giveaway. We did. We, yeah, we gave away five digital copies of Fat Man, starring Mel Gibson. So we want to thank everyone that signed up, joined in, tweeted, talked about our powerful giveaway, and congratulations to the five winners. You want to find out more about our giveaways, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Amish B Machine. That's where I am on 24-7 tweeting powerful tweets. Now, Micah Rez, we had a couple things. Uh, we uh, took a little time off for the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. And we had the big Tyson fight. Now, did you watch any of that? No, uh, I didn't. But I feel like I did based on everything I saw from people's reactions. And it was mostly the fight before that is what I feel like I saw the most. Did you watch any of it? I did. Are you talking about uh, the YouTuber? Yeah, yeah. Nate Robinson versus what? what's his name? Jake, was it Jake Paul? There's too many Pauls. Yeah. What? Why don't you you break down the match? I mean, let's let's go with with the YouTuber versus the ex NBA player first. I mean, how was that? Was that a, a train wreck? It sounded like there was a possibility of a giant train wreck on that one. No, I think a lot of times in the celebrity boxing matches, one person always takes it more seriously than the other, and it shows. Right. Yeah. There's been. What was a, uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, what was that that MTV show, Celebrity Deathmatch? Oh yes, the Clay. 
celebrity <laughs> death match. Yes. Right. Yeah, that was that was funny. They had some Let's classic. Get it yes. <laughs> there is some classic fights. Um, Danny Bonaducci. Oh yeah, from who, the Partridge who, family. Yeah, who did he box? Was that uh, Jose Canseco? That's the one I he? remember. Okay, who did Todd Bridges box? I think I think he fought. Fought him. Was also. that Bonaducci too? I think so. <laughs> Bonaducci is uh, awesome. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah, so some of those uh, celebrity uh, boxing matches, uh, always one side takes it more serious than the other, more seriously. But the Tyson fight, the build-up to that, you know, the build-up's always better than, you know, is always turns out to be more exciting than the actual match. But, yeah, it was really boring. I heard it was a hug fest, that one. Yeah, it was. I mean, obviously Tyson would have won if... But it, it went to a draw, which is even more boring. Yeah, that's kind of makes you feel like you didn't go and see anything when it's a draw, right? Yeah, I mean, you think, you know, break it up, have have something happen, you know. That's what happened to UFC used to be boring when it would just be a big hug fest on the ground. They You know, they'd have to break it up to get it going. Right. It seems to be a, the thing boxing does. There's a lot of boxing matches that just end up being hug fests, isn't it? Well, especially in the heavyweights. You know, you get tired, I get that. but. People are there, especially for Tyson. They're there for the, you know, the knockout. Yeah. They're not there for, you know, the lighter weights where they're throwing a, you know, thousand punches per second. The heavyweights, I mean, you're just, <laughs> you're just waiting for that knockout. Yeah. You know, the, ty- the Tyson uppercut. Yeah. He had, he had a pretty sweet, when he was in his prime, uh, it was must see television. Even if they did last only 90 seconds, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. You know, I don't know. I mean, do you think, what do you think about that? Like you reach a point where you think you should just retire. And obviously I know it's all about the money, but what are your thoughts on that? You know, if it's just like an exhibition, like if this one was just one time, that's fine with me. Like he, he should probably just go and retire now. Um, you don't want to wear out your, you're welcome again. So, but yeah, I don't have a problem with the one-off exhibition. Uh, if you're just, you know, fighting somebody who's also, just doing a one-off exhibition like Roy Jones Jr. was. Um, I can't see him getting in the ring with, you know, Floyd Mayweather or then somebody else after that. That would be ridiculous. Well, it, it seems like, you know, it's obviously big money because that's why they're doing it. I mean, you know, Conor McGregor and now, you know, they're all going to fight each other and they call each other out. And obviously people fall for it. So it does work, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If everybody wasn't making money involved, then you would stop seeing them. But the fact that you you see them tells you that there's enough people making money. Then uh, you're gonna probably keep seeing them too. They say I heard George Foreman was barking at Tyson afterwards. Wouldn't that be an interesting? Was he gonna fire the grill up or what? I, I don't know. It sounded like he was making fun of Tyson for the way he was he was boxing and saying stuff like he. I, I think like stuff like he didn't have it anymore. Didn't look like it was. You know, he did all that training for that. It was just, it was like, wow, George Foreman throwing his hat in the ring again. <laughs> Can you imagine that one? Yeah, he reached a point where, I don't know, maybe Danny Bonaducci should come back. <laughs> that I would watch. That would be pretty sweet, actually. What celebrity would you want to see? Bonaducci. Yeah. Who would you want to see fight? Two celebrities. Two celebrities. How about Richard Karn, Al from. Oh, <laughs> yes. That, uh, Get him in the ring with um, with Booger. 
from Revenge of the Nerds. There you go. Bush. We can do epic. that one. <laughs> I want Stan Gable. Oh, yeah? Yes. Stan Gable. Speaking of Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> I was just watching uh, Bloodsport last night. That oh, was my God. Class. That was a that was sweet in the uh i kind of forgot like even for a 1980s kung fu karate type movie with van damme it was actually pretty entertaining still it holds up pretty good yes and uh once again revenge of the nerds ogre starred in that movie that's right he was the star of that movie he didn't get enough screen time no he didn't he's powerful yep Who's your favorite dude from there, like character-wise, fighting style? I like the uh, the big uh, nemesis. Uh, oh, uh, Chung Li. Yeah. What's Chung Li? <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty badass. But the uh, the big guy who hugs people to death. Oh yeah, he was cool. Yeah, he, he just just like one move. Yeah, the little, he had. The little uh, spider monkey couldn't. Uh, yeah, just got hugged to death. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he used his back, and he just hear pops and cracks. <laughs> <laughs> But he was a one-trick pony. That's all he had was the big hug. Yeah, that was his uh, finishing move. Yeah. Who'd you like in that one? Were you a Van Damme fan in that one? Duke? You know, I, I did like Van Damme. I mean, That's he was, probably one of his better ones. He was pretty epic. Powerful movie. Yes. From the most powerful decade ever. That was late <laughs> 80s, though. That was 88. Yeah, that was 88. Forrest Whitaker is in that one. He is. Yeah, that was pretty pretty sweet. I forgot he was in it. And then when he popped up, I was like, oh, that's right. Like a young Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, that was a young Forrest Whitaker. Now, we saw on Netflix, your assignment, Micah Rez, was to get into a series, The Barbarians. Yes. It's a an original TV series. It's on Netflix. It's about, uh, it's a German historical war drama is what they're calling it. Even though all the sto- the storyline is based is fiction, uh, but some of the characters are actual historical characters. For instance, this is uh, about uh, Arminius, I believe is how you pronounce it. He is a Roman soldier or officer who was part of a dramatic tribe uh, who was given away early in life by his dad, who was uh, like a chieftain of this tribe, and in order to keep peace with the Roman army and the Roman empire. He had to give the Romans, uh, both of his sons. Uh, so he did that, uh, while they were young. Um, and so this, uh, Ari or Minius comes back kind of like at the height of just before the, the German uh, villagers, uh, and tribes do an uprising against the Roman empire, which actually happened. Um, and this Arminius character actually did lead them in that fight so this is uh, a loosely based stories on that um and it's a six part series so there's six six episodes um and it just got picked up for season two i saw at the end of november so there will be a second season on netflix now it's a german produced show which is actually kind of funny because the romans all speak italian they are actually speaking latin and those are subtitled and then when it comes to the uh, German characters, the dramatic barbarians, German, but they are dubbed in English. Uh, that was uh, quite interesting I, that I noticed on that. It's, a, it's an all-German cast and an all-German production crew, and it's filmed in Germany. 
So you get like the actual German forests and and uh, backgrounds and things like Germania. things like that. Germania, yes. yeah, old old school Germania. Something I you don't hear a lot about. No, like Game of Thrones meets Vikings. That TV show that was on the History Channel. Yeah, exactly. This is towards the waning days of the Roman Empire. And all right, the barbarian, is the Goths, and <laughs> nine A.D. is yes. the uh, year that it took place that this story is taking place in. So, how many episodes did you watch? Um, I got into three so far, and I will finish the series either by tonight or sometime tomorrow. Uh, we from the day we're recording this, so it's. Um, probably one of the better series that I've watched, but I kind of dig that Game of Thrones, Vikings type stuff and, you know, throw some historical impact in there and I'm pretty much in. So, uh, I will, I will finish this series. How about you? Yes. I watched a couple episodes, the, the Roman stuff. I mean, that's awesome. Right. Just their uniforms alone. The haircuts. I like their swords. Their sword handles. I don't know what it is about those little dagger type swords. Uh, Gladius, yes. Yeah, yep. The little round uh, end on them, we can wax yeah. them with, yes. Bone handles, it's yes. just one-handed. I mean, your other hand can wield another sword if you need to. What did you think of the, the lady in there? Did you enjoy her? Yeah, I think she's good. I like the fact that they they didn't like give her like a cliched female role where she's just like the damsel in distress and the wife who's got to stay behind and trying to keep the house together while the men go off and fight. She's got that badass character who the might one-eyed be like a warrior. soothsayer. Yeah, like a soothsayer or something like that. So I like the the first scene in the in the first episode where she's all painted up and on the battlefield. So that's kind of cool. I like that they're not gonna give her the typical, like I said, the typical female role in this one. So there wasn't too many uh, cliches or tropes for you. Mm, not too many there were some like in the first episode when he dropped his wallet you know right (laughs) yeah let me compare this to the little one i got tucked away yeah (laughs) yeah the prodigal son returns yes that was yes that was quite uh quite dramatic right there but you know it's like you know, you know, some things are going to happen. It's just, you know, this the, the life we lead right yeah. now. Yeah, well, it's a, a kind of, of it's it's a kind of thing that if you whatever genre movie it is, if you enjoy that, then then you you don't care about you know if it's the same over and over. Because Game of Thrones, right. you know, you can compare that to a million other sword and sorcery movies, but you still like it, right? So the exactly. same with this that you liked it. Ian, they even had the uh, the one guy who was like trying to take control of the tribe, you know, doing the backstabbing and stuff. So uh, they even had that one in there too. I liked it. I, I I still like it. The so the last episode, I won't give away what happens at the end of the third episode, which is what I'm through. It really like I didn't realize how much I was into that episode until I saw what happened. I was like, oh, and then it ended. I was like, damn it. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch the next one to see what happens. And that's just going to drag me into the fifth and then the sixth. So. Did you stumble ahead and look into history and find out what happened in the battles and all that or not? No, that's why I didn't want to go Good. too far into what I saw um, online because I could already tell I was starting to get into things that I hadn't seen yet. Uh, when I started doing my research after the second one, I was like, oh, I got to stop. I'm only going to be able to 
tell the flock about so much without giving too much away for myself. So, but yeah, I'm up to episode three and I'm going to finish it. So it's got, it's got my interest peaked as they say. Yeah. I'm far from an expert on Roman history, but I I know what's going to happen. So right. <laughs> just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, well, I wonder what happened. Well, are we ruled by the Romans right now? Yeah. The truth is, you know, they make everything black and white. The truth right. is, you know, there's a lot of gray areas with everything. Oh, absolutely. And so I was kind of laughing because it reminded me of the beginning of uh, Gladiator. You oh, know, they my God. The, Germ- that the was Germina, yes. Oh, I love Yeah, it. they make the, the Roman Empire, you know, like, we're the big, bad Roman Empire. And everyone's like, yeah, that's actually kind of cool. And then you watch Barbarians and you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's the other side of it. You yes. Know, like, <laughs> you're like. Well, I guess the Romans were kind of assholes. I mean, you know, the Romans, they had, I mean, they had aqueducts and indoor plumbing. Yeah. Uh, the Senate. Hourglasses. The Senate. Yep. But then they also had vomitoriums, which were pretty awesome, too. <laughs> I, you know, there's not a good vomitorium around here. No. We, need, we should do the Amish baby machine vomitorium. Uh, I was reading about how epic they were, and they, they learned how to lay down and eat, and it's just awesome. Oh. <laughs> that's sweet yeah they would just eat and eat and then they'd throw up to make more room and god they knew how to party <laughs> throw some rum or what 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 would what did they drink back then Mead? that's a good question i should know what exact uh booze they drank well yeah. research yeah. that pasca was a popular drink among roman soldiers it was made by taking poor quality wine watering it down and adding spices word to your mother and if it's still around or some version of it's still around we should try oh, yeah some there, one of our episodes. yeah there's some, some guy on youtube that he uh he cooks in history and he finds like old ancient recipes and recreates them it's pretty epic oh that's sweet yeah yeah the oh, romans should, we... and the greeks and they had a lot of cool stuff and it's cool what they had to work with you know what they made it work and then like... and then through their travels you know they found spices you know like and far east and different places and they as they conquered different places you know they incorporated their culture so it's kind of a cool thing like the the recipes right and that's how uh like the spaniards when they were discovered or when they landed in india they took out the spices and that's how a lot of spices are on the west from india there's your spice history folks yes and the germans they weren't known for their spices pretty bland food but good meat yeah. and potatoes oh, okay. literally Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is not bad at all. I could get behind that too. The one thing I, I will warn the flock, if you like watching people getting hit in the head, this is the series for you. <laughs> There's a lot of people getting hit in the head. So you liked Gladiator. What Did you get into the Game of Thrones or? Uh, I got into it. So by the time I got into Game of Thrones, it was already just season eight was just about ready to start. So I was trying to do the the marathon where I will try to watch every season up and to it to catch up because I had a lot of friends that watched game of Thrones. And for some reason, spoiler alerts didn't mean a damn thing to them because every time an episode would end, they would hurry up and hop on Facebook and I would know what that, what that episode was about. So I, I saw and heard everything about season eight and when I was in season three and I kind of just gave up because then I knew what exactly happened. So I stopped watching after season 
three episode six, I believe is what I was on, but I did like it up until that point. I th- well, I think you should rewatch it. Really? Yes. The last season I did not like, but everything else, it was cool. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Right. Amazing episode that they spent the money and it showed the sets that we always talk about CGI, how I don't like it. Right. But that, I mean, just great CGI. Everything, each scene was set up like a, a picture, a, a painting, the lighting, the colors, everything. That Just a great show. The acting was phenomenal. There's so many cool characters in there. Yeah, I like the uh, the backgrounds and everything, the sets and the props they use. That was That's actually pretty cool. I like the uh, historical time, they call them time pieces or whatever they call <laughs> they call um, TV shows and film that are based on like actual historic times. Yeah, it was kind of a cool amalgam of a bunch of different things and sword and sorcery. Dragons. Yes. Did you, uh, Lord of the Rings, did you get into those movies and books? I got into the movies. Words in on pages kind of scare me, so I never yes. read the books. But uh, the movies I, I really liked. Um, I watched the, the Hobbit series after that, those three movies. Those weren't as great, but I liked the Lord of the Rings those actually are pretty sweet. Those are really long. You throw them on TV and you add commercials. It's like a whole day just to watch one movie. And speaking of movies, I wanted to get into, uh, I don't know if you heard about Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yes. Warner Brothers is going to release, stream all their 2021 movies on the same day as theaters. So we're talking Matrix 4, Dune. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I got ideas and I got thoughts. I think it's sweet. Because I have HBO Max, which is the streaming service they're going to be released to. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, I think the other one, one of the other big ones that they're releasing is King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, that will be available streaming on the same day in the theater. But I think what started it all was they decided Wonder Woman is going to be released on Christmas Day on HBO Max the same day it's in theaters, the new one. And I, since Warner Brothers is owned by AT and T, I think that kind of gave idea. But I think this. Would you think, Dags, that this would just open up another level, subscription level, price tier for them after everything's over? Like, if you want the the movie the day it comes out in theaters on your streaming platform, and you pay twenty one ninety nine a month or something for it. You know, I'm getting sick of streaming. Netflix is bumping their price up. And it's getting all compartmentalized. I think this is the death of movie theaters. And what bugs me is movies like Dune, Matrix, King Kong, those are meant to be seen on the big screen. And I think people are lazy and they just want to sit in their homes and watch it. And they're not getting the true experience of what a movie is designed to be played on the big screen. But then you got to ask yourself, are movies made to be played on the big screen anymore? Are there directors or is it all just made on a computer and they know it's going to be digested on a phone or a tablet or a big screen TV? Because I like, yeah, because I like the experience of going to a movie theater, but I also see, I see where people just want to sit on the couch and watch it and, and just gorge themselves, gluttony and just watch all of it at once, you know, and I know a movie is just a movie and they have a series like Barbarians, but it's, it's just food for thought. 
I maybe they could have exclusive movies then that they're never going to be streamed, but it's always it gets down to money. Why are movies being made? Are they being made for the art or the movie? I mean, for the money. So I don't know. I don't think it looks good. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, I think because uh, like you would think like The Matrix and Dune and Godzilla and King Kong, those would be made to be seen in the theater because there's going to be a lot of visual things in those movies. Yeah, and like like the sound too. Well, yeah, sound. Jurassic Park in the movie theater when the T Rex roared. I mean, it was deafening. Shook the movie right. theater. And then yeah, I that was the and then I remember classic. seeing it on TV. And it had zero, you know, zero effect of what it did. Even if you had some, you know, home theater system, sound system, or sound bar, you're not going to recreate that, you know, that epic rumble. No. Or just some movies like Rambo. I remember there was this bomb in the in the woods, the forest, or whatever. And then when that detonated in the movie theater, I mean, just shook the whole movie theater, and the TV didn't have the same effect. Or the movie uh, Outbreak when they. I don't, do you remember that movie when they dropped the, the bomb on that village in Africa? That little Yeah. Yep. In the movie theater, that was just I mean, it was an epic explosion. Then I watched it again, like I said, on TV and had, you know, didn't have the same effect. So I don't know. I mean, from now on our movie's gonna be made for the tablet, phone, or are they gonna be made for the big screen? I'm I'm just guessing. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be more of a mobile device that they're going to go towards. And then eventually maybe they go back because it always cycles, right? And these devices are still kind of brand new when it comes to entertainment. And I think this pandemic kind of... Well, in the pandemic, I mean, I mean, do they want everyone just to be moles that live in their house? Or are we going to experience life anymore? Yeah, it's a good question. You know what I, I can see happening is maybe they don't go to like a, an HBO streaming service or a Netflix. Maybe because um, AMC has their own app and they were you can rent some movies through that app that you can watch on your phone. I bet AMC and Man Theater and whoever the other big ones are will figure out a way. Carmike, that's the other one I was thinking of. will figure out a way where you could buy their streaming service and you could stream one of those movies on there. But then again, you're, you're talking the same thing. It was, you know, it's not the movie theater. So any, any cool effect that you get with the sound, because those sounds have cool effects. It's like you were talking about, you're not going to get that either. So well, I'm it's, hoping movie theater it's the visual there. too. I mean, the, another example is you were talking about gladiator, that opening scene, you know? Yeah. With the fireballs. Yes. You saw the, that in the movie theater, correct? I did, yep. Amazing. And then I saw it yeah. on TV and it didn't have the same effect. Or Bra- yeah, I, or Braveheart. I mean, the, the cinematography was just beautiful in that. Right. And it just doesn't translate to a TV. Even if you have a nice TV, you just don't have that being immersed in it. That's what I like about the movie theater is the immersion effect. The sound is all around you. The the screen, it's like you're in the damn movie, you know, and you don't get that at home. No, you don't get that at home at all. You you do miss that. So I, I'm I'm hoping to get back to the movie theaters. Yeah. And there's also uh, that sense of commitment, you know. Or like like I always like to go out to eat after going to the movie, and then I like to go out to eat and talk about the movie. Yeah, that's uh you know, I'm a I'm yeah. a social person. I like that. And then I know there's a, the introverts that don't like it. 
Oh, the introverts are going crazy right now. They love this. More more on their streaming service. The Why better. are introverts so loud on social media? It's so ironic to me. It's like, we get it. You're introverted. Shut up. They just keep yapping about how introverted they are. Well, you got to keep up the, the introvert cred. Yeah. As soon as you stop telling people you're introverted, they think you're an extrovert now. And now, oh, that can't happen. See, <laughs> I think we're think in the, they go out. Yeah, we're in the dark ages right now. I don't even know if they use that term anymore. Oh, it's actually not historically correct. Pluto <laughs> yeah, is not a planet. Someone's out there. Oh, geez. But we, we, need, we need a renaissance. Tell Ooh, me. Ooh, that man. would be nice. Yes. Are we, a guillotine? Yes. Are we just going to have to start over again? We're just going to be amoebas coming out of the lake. And... <laughs> oh, man. We could do uh, some of those. What are they finding in the ice on Mars? Isn't there Neptune or Venus, whatever? Little yeah. organism. We can do that. Yeah, all the rich people are going to space. So I heard uh, apparently China put their flag on the moon. Really? When did that happen? Oh, a couple days ago, I guess. <laughs> did they use the same sound studio we did for? I our wonder. Yeah. I wonder if oh. Kubrick helped them. Stanley Kubrick <laughs> made the Chinese. Uh, well, they do own Hollywood now, so. Right. I liked uh, Stanley Kubrick's Cube. That's so hard to figure out. Yes, and now we speaking of Stanley Kubrick, we have these monoliths everywhere. Yeah, what's up we with have, that? Yeah, I, and if we have more than one monolith, aren't they polyliths? Or they would have to be. Yes, just by definition. How many were we up to? Are four? Or well, we way past four? Well, there's a Romanian one, and then I heard the uh, there's a Californian some one. Some base jumper as they destroyed that one. I heard in California or Romania. A California one, I believe. Okay. And the Utah one, I guess some TikTokers took that one down. They were uh, concerned about uh, the impact of everybody hoofing it out there to see. Oh, maybe that's the one, yeah, I'm thinking of. So what are they up to, about four? Yeah, because those are the guys that dismantled that one, right? Yeah, there's the Utah one that was taken down by those TikTok guys. Yeah, see, the Utah guys, those, those are the ones that do all the base jumping and everything. Yeah. And then there was the Romanian one. And then I heard about the one in California. And then I thought yesterday I heard there was a fourth one, but I'm not, I don't know where, maybe I could be making it up. You never know. We're going to have so many monoliths. It's going to be sweet. They're going to end up on eBay. They're going to be in people's selfies on their Twitter feeds. It's going to be awesome. What's the difference between an obelisk and a monolith? Uh, the way you pronounce it, I'm guessing. Yes. We need a Google boy. <laughs> we do need a Google boy. A Google person. A searcher. A searcher. We have a lot Search of questions person. and we need to be searched. Yeah. You know, we should, maybe someone in the flock listening could do some research after the fact and then send us. Or we, or we could just have them uh, chime in. We'll just we pat, we'll patch them in, in the matrix. Whoa. Yeah, there you go. We do love everyone that listens to this powerful show. We're going to need you to follow us on Twitter at Amish Bee Machine. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And if you want to help support us, check out our merch, AmishBabyMachine.com. We also have links on all our social medias. Powerful hoodies, stickers, t-shirts, mugs. Everything you need, we have. I have over... Probably last time I checked, 15, well over 15 original designs. 
Whoa. Yeah, I have that powerful um, synth shirt. You enjoyed that one, didn't you? I did. Yes, yes. I enjoy all the shirts. It's very 80. It's very synthy. It's powerful. It's very wavy. We're going to need you to check that out. Also, you want to help support us, Patreon, patreon.com. It's a great way to help support this powerful episode and this powerful podcast. Now, Mike Arez, speaking of YouTube, tell the fans of Flock of Amish about your little uh, artistic endeavor. Pouring paint and creating all sorts of weird resin art type stuff. Now, uh, pretty much anything that I can pour. Now, tell us what is pouring and what is resin? All right, so resin basically is uh, liquid plastic. You have to add an A and a B, an A part and a B part, and then those combine and when you mix them up it creates a powerful chemical reaction and anywhere depending on the resin you have anywhere from 24 to 96 hours later you have a hard something whatever you, you pour it on i usually pour it on yeah right i usually pour it on coasters to give you that like that nice glass look like it's got a layer of glass on it even though it's like a a pl- hard super hard plastic layer um, and if you have a mold, like a silicone mold, it'll take the form of anything that silicone mold is. So get this next today in the mail, I got some skulls. So we're going to make some skull keychains out of this resin. It's going to be pretty sweet. Cool. So, yeah, so we're going to get that going on. And then paint pouring is, uh, you take some acrylic paint add they call it a pouring medium or a pouring, um, conditioner. And then uh, it loosens the paint up a little bit. And w- depending on what you're doing to it, you just stack some some layers on top of each other and pour it out on a canvas. And then you tilt the canvas to, fro, and everywhere. And you get all these sweet, cool-ass designs. So if everyone wants to check out Mike's Paint Studio on YouTube or on Facebook or on Instagram, which is where I'm currently blowing up right now, Dags, I'm over 2,000 followers on instagram just to watch me pour Whoa. some paint pretty sweet the flock want to check that out i would appreciate that now explain to me resin and epoxy is all epoxy resin or what is all that yeah epoxy and resin are the same thing um some people just call it resin for short otherwise epoxy resin is the actual term is what it is so it's um epoxy is pretty much anything you can you have to mix together to create uh, either it's like a bonding you can mix mix it and turn it into glue it's like five minute epoxy is probably something the flock has heard about uh, which is kind of like a glue um, and then resin depending on the kind of resin you can get uh, the stuff i use is called art resin uh, which cures differently than stuff like uh, a countertop resin or a tabletop resin that you use just to uh, coat the top of a a bar or a counter or a table just to make it look nice and shiny. And then they have like a deep pour where, you know, if you've seen people make river tables with wood and, and like blue resin in in the middle or red resin, whatever color they want to use, they call them river tables. That's a deep pour resin because if you mix resin and you don't use the right stuff and you try to pour too deep, you actually create a lot of heat and that heat will melt molds and whatever else is in the resin. Anything made of plastic. It's actually pretty, pretty weird and pretty cool. If you get, you can actually use that to your advantage to get the right effect for some things too. So it's definitely something you got to like keep using to get good at. So we're going to need you to check out 
Mike Rez's YouTube channel. And of course, you're going to have to check out Amish Baby Machine YouTube Stop channel. Stop there first and then come to mine. So, yes. Do it in that order. Mike Rez, do you have a beer review today? <laughs> yes, I have a beer review. Today, the beer we will be talking about is from Invictus Brewing Company, which is here in the great state of Minnesota in the city of Minneapolis. I think this is, might be the first one that I've reviewed on this show, but the uh, beer of choice that I had from them is called Beautiful Buzz. It's a blonde ale, and it's uh, 4.5% alcohol by volume, and it is brewed with Golden Promise two-row and wheat crystal hops there's also some honey malt in there as well. It's a pretty sweet looking beer. It's uh, got a nice kind of a light gold color to it. Uh, it drinks really smooth, and I can uh, tell you that it does live up to its name. I got a beautiful buzz off of those dags. It was pretty, pretty sweet. Whoa, what is the alcohol in it? Four and a half, 4.5. So easy drinking. Easy drinking, smooth, refreshing, actually. Uh, it's been a while since, you know, some of these uh, craft beers, especially some of the IPAs, I wouldn't call them refreshing, but uh, this Blonde Ale was quite refreshing. So Invictus Brewing in Minneapolis here in Minnesota, they have a great uh, find Invictus beer locator on their website uh, right now. And it's only available in Minnesota, but it's available in a lot of places. Uh, near the Twin Cities, even up near Duluth and Grand Rapids. And where's the other place up here? Oh, Square Lake. A couple of bars in Square Lake, way up north in Minnesota. But it looks like they're starting to, uh, they might start going a little further south. So hopefully we can start getting it in other states and then flock, the flock in the other states of the country can check it out because I think this is a beer that they should share with everyone. Now, does it pair well with Australian 80s bands? Oh, it absolutely does. In fact, I would suggest that you listen to powerful Australian bands from the 80s and drink this beer at the same time because you're just going to have a hell of a night. Yes, the powerful Sherbs song of the day today is We Ride Tonight. That's right. The Sherbs, short for the Sherberts, as they were also known as, uh, is a song from the Australian rock band. Uh, we Ride Tonight. It was released in 1982 Dags off of their studio album, Defying Gravity. Where do you think this ranked, being from Australia, on the Australian rock charts? Good question. I do not know. But I do know, did, that, I do know that I own the album. Oh, nice. Yes. It did not rank in Australia. Australians did not like this song. What is their problem? <laughs> I don't know, but it reached number 26 here on the U.S. mainstream rock chart. Uh, and that was the only place that it charted, actually, in 1982. So the U.S. had the skinny on uh, the Sherbs and We Ride Tonight. So that was uh, pretty sweet. It ranked uh, number 26 for them. It was sampled by Daft Punk in 2013 on their Random Access Memories. And that was pretty much uh, it for them. Um, I was trying to see if there was any other big songs that they had here, and there wasn't a lot that I found uh, anywhere 
in the world other than We Ride Tonight. But they pretty sweet song. It starts off with like like you're going to church with some sweet synth that turns into church organ and then it Haunting. totally starts rocking out with some sweet guitar. No, it's powerful. Yeah, it's really it's a really deep awesome. pull that I've always enjoyed and I wanted the fans of Flock of Amish to know about it. Very haunting, great guitar, great synth. The synth intro is powerful. I mean, that's why Daft Punk sampled it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I was just, uh, so I just found some of their awards that they won, actually. (laughs) Even though, like, none of their music actually charted in Australia, they won a lot of Australian, most popular Australian group. 73, 74... 75, 76, 77, and 78. So that's they, although they, people liked them, they didn't like them enough in Australia to get their, their music charted over there, <laughs> which is kind of weird if you think about it. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's a powerful song, powerful band. We're going to need you guys to check it out. Yes. We ride tonight. Yes. Enjoy it. Mike Rez, did you have a good time tonight? I did. How about you, Dags? Excellent, as always. We appreciate everyone that listens to this powerful podcast. We just ask you one thing. Please tell a friend about our podcast. Share it on social media. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Amish Bee Machine. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.